Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 2nd of February 2024. On the Green Edge, we gear our working days, and it has to be said on occasion our leisure days too, around the publication at 3pm each Thursday of a written post, followed by this weekly podcast at 9am the following day. Around that weekly metronome, we counterpoint whatever else we're on the hook to do, including, of course, the monthly reports roundup that goes out at 9am on the first working day of each month. But what happens when the first working day of a month is on a Thursday? Two emails in one day from the Green Edge? Well, we try to avoid that. We ourselves have been known to get more than a little peeved with others who are, shall we say, enthusiastic in their communications. All of which is a roundabout way of saying that on this Thursday, the 1st of February, our weekly post was also our monthly reports roundup. Michael, since we generally talk about the week's post on this podcast, we should talk about the reports roundup this week. Still seeing them at the same rate as ever? I am. I must be finding three or four a day at least that are listable. And I try and keep on top of that if I possibly can. So there's a large volume. Some of it is semi-promotional, but there are some really substantive pieces of work going on. And we can see future pieces of work starting to emerge as well. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the reports you were reading in January. First, I noticed you had a couple of poster notes from the Parliamentary Office of Science and Technology. We see quite a few of those. They can be quite useful, can't they? Very much so. They're always very good general reviews and general briefing documents. And since they've broken away from their four-page rule, they now write quite lengthy 12-page ones. But it does mean they can cover a whole topic for people who are new to it. And if you take the one they did on green skills there are 150 to 200 references. So if you want the detail, you can then click on these links. So I think for anyone who's busy and wants a quick briefing document for a council leader, for a local authority, a specialist head, whatever it might be, it's a great start point. I guess what they've done is they've moved them more into the general domain because they were originally for parliamentarians, weren't they? So four pages, because that's kind of the limit of what a parliamentarian can read. But it's kind of come into the common domain, hasn't it? It has. And I think they've become aware that they've got a a wider role and wider service to play. They also published their future order book, as it were, their pipeline of reports. So if you're wanting to make comment and contribute, and if you take the one on the green skills in education and employment, we were both interviewed and we were a review for that document. So it does invite people to get involved. So it's become more inclusive. Dealing with our researchers is always a smooth, slick, easy to deal with process. Well, the post notes you included this month, as you said, one was on green skills in education and employment, which we were involved in. And the second was on the use of artificial intelligence in education delivery and assessment. Tell us just a little about those. The first one is a brief overview of definitions of green skills. Where are they emerging? What are the issues arising around upskilling? And also, what are we to expect coming from the Green Jobs Delivery Group's Network Force Development Plan? My comment would be there is some lovely international work going on paralleling this, if they could almost do the same document now, but do it from a lens from France, Germany, Australia, Canada, and bring in what are others doing to show us we're actually marching down similar paths and there's a lot to learn. The second one on artificial intelligence in education 
I think I'd summarize that as saying lots of potential and there is some activity and there's a lot to learn. And I think there's a lot to learn around using it to accelerate and improve learning and learning practice and also assessment. There's a bit of an overemphasis, I think, in this post note on using AI to cheat and how do you identify and prevent that from happening? Yes, it's bound to happen. People will always be devious. Indeed. Well, looking at the other items this month, one report in particular that you commented as being important was from the Burning Glass Institute for Jobs for the Future. And it was called Growing Quality Green Jobs, Driving Economic Advancement in the Green Economy. Bit of a mouthful. But why is this one significant? I think it's significant because Burning Glass is it's now the Burning Glass Institute. Most people used to know them as Burning Glass before they morphed into Lightcast when they took over Emsi. And the Burning Glass Institute is doing very detailed work around both digital and green for a number of major clients. And what we like about their work is that they have realized the green economy is at different rates of development depending where you are. And even within the green economy, there are different stages. And therefore, as you change stage of development, skill requirements change. They recognize that. And they also recognize that the process by which greening actually takes place. And I think too many people just want to create green jobs and conflate skills and jobs all the blooming time. They have broken away from that. And because they're using detailed disaggregated data, admittedly for the United States, they have a chance of really getting beneath the surface of what's actually going on here. Therefore, there's always a lot to learn. And we're meeting up with the people behind this work in early March. It's a group of researchers of about 26 people. And they're working more with what I would call philanthropic type work, as opposed to the commercial arm of selling large data sets, which Lightcast does. Now, let's look at just one more publication from this month's roundup. And this one is from the Chartered Institution of Wastes Management. CIWM, and it is CIWM's new skills matrix. Now, this was released in November of last year, but we were aware of it during its preparation stages. In fact, back in May of 2023, we talked to Katie Coburn, who is Director of Professional Services at CIWM, and she told us then about some of the thinking behind the skills matrix. We had a look at a number of professional competence frameworks from other professional bodies. I'm actually a member of the Institute of Leadership and Management. I don't know if you've ever seen their competence model, but it is very similar in that it breaks those competencies down into the sort of different types of competencies, and then you can take assessments on it as well. So I was particularly inspired by that one because I just find it so functional. I think for me, competence frameworks have to be something that you can use and that you can understand, that you can help to build your, as an individual, that you can help to build your own professional development plan with. But as an organisation, how you can understand, okay, how do my job roles sit across this? And how can we build in these competencies to our job descriptions? How can we build them into our training programmes and our, our training plans? So me, it's all about functionality. And I think we're just at that cusp of we understand it and we, we can see it. It's now how do we get that to be as accessible and functional as possible for the people who want to use it? We look at a lot of skills and competence frameworks, don't we? And this one looks pretty functional. It is. And I think it's one of those excellent pick and mix ones where if you're devising your own 
competence framework for your own industry sector or workplace. There are ones here you could pick, lift and insert into your own programs. And I think it's the beauty of what CIWM have done is they've looking at obviously from their own industry, but they're also providing this resource for other people to draw upon. And I hope other people take a look at it. Well, I have to say I'm impressed with it, particularly in the way it gives pragmatic examples of how different occupations and roles deploy each competence. I think perhaps we should take a more detailed look at this matrix in a future post. But for now, a reminder that you can find this week's post, which is also this month's report roundup on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your usual podcasts. Right, let's finish this episode with a trip to the Green Edge News Desk, starting with the Climate Change Committee, which is looking for a new CEO. I wonder who will be going for that. I think there are quite a few high-profile people might put their hats in the ring for that. And I was just wondering if Mr. Chris Skidmore might be one of those people. I would not be surprised. He'd be a very good candidate. I should certainly be shortlisted for that. But there are also other interesting news items as well. A number of people might remember Nesta teamed up with a series of high-profile actors in the heat pump space and conducted a survey of heat pump installers. They've now completed that, the survey side of that, of 356 installers, and we're looking forward to seeing the results of that. We'll learn a lot from that work, and a lot will come out in relation to education and training, and also broader policy to help and support that industry develop. Other things that have come up in the news the last few days is the expansion of the ambassador scheme to boost climate understanding in school and school children. And I think that's quite interesting the way that's being boosted. It's modelled to some extent on the schemes that have been well established around STEM and engineering ambassadors, except this is around climate change. And again, people acknowledge the fact that we need to increase the amount of understanding of school children of all ages, the nature of sustainability, and in particular also their interest to actually explore careers in sustainability and net zero. And my final little piece of news comes from Germany. Germany are recording now best part of 400,000 jobs in the renewable sector, and that is basically clean energy. That is a significant growth of nearly 100,000 jobs in the last three years. So I think this is a golden opportunity that we can look to from the UK's point of view. Though there are a few clouds in the horizon, there's a significant solar threat. Germany has a large manufacturing base for solar panels, and they are threatening, or in some cases actually going to start closing a number of their facilities because of the importing of what they would say is the dumping of solar panels from elsewhere, we'll say China. And also there are other threats coming in around the importation of Chinese-made cars from BID because they are superb vehicles, very keenly priced with a good range and very sleek styling. And the final bit that's whipping across Europe are business pushback on green changes. Brussels is trying to fight a rearguard action there. And also BP shareholders are trying to force BP to readjust its strategy away from some of its green activities. Reality will hopefully kick in and common sense will kick in at BP. But there are other countervailing forces trying to change the whole net zero debate and the transition in the short term. Uh, Those Chinese will be selling us sunshine on Amazon next. Thank you, Michael. Back to our normal schedule of posting next week. Have a good week. I'll try to. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.